That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Yes, you are. I'm waiting. <laughs> ding, ding. Okay, better. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm not your dancing monkey. You are my da- you're you're my damn dancing monkey. By definition, kind of, I kind of am. All right. Yeah, it's kind of dancing monkey. Um, and if we if we happily avoid any technical technical glitches this time, then you can provide yourself or prove yourself more than just a, a dancing monkey. Um, hope everyone is feeling well. You know, Rue, how how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. I'm glad that the two of us can come together and talk on this fine Wednesday evening, just the two of us with no no one else intruding. Just the two of us. We're good. We're good. I can stay. I can stay good. All right. Fine. That's fine. That's how we're over that. That's fine. Cool. We, we've and we've we've already ended Shane's cameo. Yay! Yay! Yep. We have a with, tonight. The topic, in, in case you are completely blind going into this, I don't know how you could be, is the future of YouTube stars. So we decided to bring on a bona fide YouTube star. Right. <laughs> he laughed. That, he wasn't supposed to laugh. That wasn't in the script. I, I, I'm, I'm a cook. I don't know what. What are you guys talking about? I'm, I'm a chef. I'm not yet Magfest cooking. Wonderful there Magfest. Are, there yeah. are plenty of chef YouTube stars. We have just to point that out. Shane huh? from Rerez. Uh, uh, Shane, w- would you like to plug yourself a little bit? Tell the tell the people yeah, the fine people do. about yourself. I'm uh, I'm Rue with less of a budget. That's what I am. Uh, I do video game videos. Uh, I usually do rare games, weird games, consoles that people usually don't know that much about. And then I open up sealed games of uh, classic vintage titles that piss people off. So, yeah. Just to make Pat cry, basically. Just just to make Pat cry, exactly. (laughs) We all all can get on board with that. Yes. That's for sure. And, and, well, yes. Yes. We'll we'll go back. So um, we th- we're very thankful that Shane is joining us this evening because we want to we wanted to take some time. This is our fiftieth episode of the Echo Screen Live. Um, that will be five zero, not one five. Just in case you're 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 paying attention out there, uh, Rue. It's kind of hard for me to believe that we're fifty. Is that is it as difficult for you to believe as it is for me? I, I can believe that. I can also believe that you're loud because you're always loud, and we were trying to fix this before the podcast even started. And it's not me. I've I've, I've tried everything. I promise. I've, I keep trying things, and nothing's working. Bring yourself down, Commodore. But yes, um, in 50, 50 episodes of Echo Screen Live, I think we started the live version of this podcast back in early 2012. And mm-hmm. you know what? You can find all 50 of these episodes downloadable on iTunes and Stitcher and your Android podcasting app of choice. It's just beautiful, beautiful plug. I mean, podcast that you should check out. And uh, really, why wouldn't you? Yes. But anyway. Uh, but anyway, we do have something to actually talk. Well, there's a format to the program, and we'll try to stick to it as well as we can tonight, uh, even though we have a very special guest this evening. So for those of you that have never seen the show before, this is how this stuff works. We've got the, the show really broken down into three parts. The first part of the program is the T and B, otherwise known as the tids and bits. That is the news and notes portion of the program where we're going to, I think each of us is actually going to have one thing to talk about today, which is good. That'll be efficient, quick, done. Uh, That'll be the first part of the program. Talk about things we think you should know about and give you our little spin on it. 
Secondly, we will move into the topic du jour. It happens to be the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. Oh, good. And uh, the, uh, interestingly, we should, we're going to have to talk a little bit about that. But anyway, that's a whole other, that reference Some comes from something that's relevant. All right. Um, and yeah, tonight, we're as, as Rue already mentioned, we're going to talk about YouTube stars. There's a, a reason or two that this idea is kind of kicking around in our heads. We're going and, meta. Uh, we're going to go meta a little bit. Yeah. Aren't we? we? We decided to make fun of ourselves at least to a little bit of a level, I guess, on the 50th episode because we never take ourselves very seriously, do we? Try not to. No. It's, 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 life's just too short. And then thirdly, we will be uh, engaging in the old Q&A portion of the program. That is question and answer portion. All you have to do, uh, if you'd like to have a question for us to answer live on the air, is, uh, well, very simply, there's a couple different ways. One, if you're in the chat, you can actually go over uh, live with us, click on my name, Commodore128, and send me a private message, and I will read your questions on the air. Secondly, you can also, conversely, tweet me at it's the Commodore, which I'm actually going to put in the chat right now. Boom. Tickle, 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 tickle. Yep, tweet me right there, and I will take the best of the assembled questions from the entire program and answer them live on the air. By the way, the questions do not have to pertain to the tids and bits, the topic du jour, yes. or anything else game-related for that matter. We'll answer pretty much anything you possibly think of and, that is in our minuscule brains. And feel free to ask Shane all the burning questions you've wanted to ask him. Except for questions about burning, like urine-type stuff, because yes. I... Not a doctor, so leave that one away. You know, <laughs> That's a good, good point. But you should ask him about urinating in uh, Gatorade bottles, apparently. Right, as, as we found out during the pre-show. So that that so topic is good, completely on the table. Yes, it's it's a, it's a good thing we just told that to the public when that was a private conversation. <laughs> so thank oh. you for that. Oh, you thought it was private. I thought it was, but apparently we're all right. Fine, whatever. <laughs> we do have we do have difficulty sometimes with. Uh, Filters. private public conversations we do we have a problem anyway after this 10 minute intro <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's fine uh you know when we have a special guest it's a, it's time for a special intro so why don't we get to some of our news and notes i know we all have one and since shane is our special guest why don't why don't shane why don't you do the honors and go first what's what's your news and note your tid and bit for the peoples for this week well my tid and bit is uh pretty much recently there's been a huge, huge uh, kind of, I want to say, argument that's been happening over uh, review embargoes for brand new video games. And this argument has pretty much stemmed from Ubisoft very recently releasing uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, I believe it is what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, Unity had a review embargo that prevented any of the reviewers that got advanced copies from, release, uh, from releasing any of the reviews until I believe uh, it was 12 hours after the game came out. At which point, when the reviews went up, everyone was saying how bad the game was and how terrible it was designed, and people feel like they were basically lied to and robbed because mm. they're, uh, these games that they went out and bought, uh, they thought that it was going to be good, but then it turned out to be bad, and the reviewers were being held back from being able, being able to tell everybody that. Yes. So I, I have a question. Okay. Why do people buy new games on the day they come out? <laughs> Somebody help me with that. You know, I don't. After SimCity, the SimCity debacle, where I actually did pre-order that game and it turned out to be a steaming pile of crap, basically right out of the box. Um, mm -hmm. I promised myself I would never pre-order a game again, which is why 
I'm very excited to get Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U this weekend pre-ordered <laughs> from Amazon. <laughs> well, there goes that whole streak. Uh, you didn't do very well there. I, I don't think it's wrong to pre-order games, but, you know, mm, yearly releases for games, I think that's something you should be a little bit, you know, concerned about. Just a little bit, because you never know how that... Because it's always... You, you know that Super Smash Brothers is most likely going to be a solid experience. In fact, the reviews for that, I believe, are released today. Yeah, actually, that's right? true. Yeah, they didn't yeah. embargo that. I mean, they, I assume they did embargo it because uh, I know they embargoed it because they sent out copies of the game to publications and YouTubers even, you know, a week or so ago. And they mm -hmm. said, you can't, you, you know, stream the game if you want, blah, 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 blah. You can't show like these stages or these characters, whatever. But the rest of it, you know, be pretty open and free with which is and maybe maybe that's the corollary to, to my my little personal rule is i just won't pre-order a game unless it's a nintendo game because i know the quality <laughs> is probably going to be pretty good but i'm also yeah a boy so what do you want right and i mean at least you can admit it now that's that's progress i call that progress <laughs> um it, you know i i again i for me it, it seems like it is um it seems like it's kind of a waste of, of time to, to buy a game when it first comes out. And, and, and I, I feel almost the same way about movies. Like, I, I, I'm not the kind of person that goes and sees a movie the first weekend it comes out. That's less because I'm interested or not interested in how good a movie is, although that's partly, you know, it's part of it, I should say. Um, it's more because I can't stand being in a movie theater full of, like, screaming teenagers. Maybe that's just because I'm getting old. I was going to say, it sounds more like you have grandpa syndrome. I might. I might actually have that. Is that a, is that a real syndrome? Yes. You How can I tell? What are, the, what are the symptoms? You should see a doctor and urinate, apparently. Um, when when you... I, I was, I was, uh, were, were you handing out um, Halloween candy this uh, past October? With or without poison? Okay, see, with poison... <laughs> Grandpa okay. syndrome. Okay, see, that's, oh, that's, gotcha. that's how you know, actually. It's a very, very simple process. But, um. All right, well, so I, I, I apparently am symptomatic. Uh, so I probably do need to get checked that out. But anyway, whether I'm curmudgeonly or not, um, you know, I don't really get the idea of trying to consume something before you really have any idea whether it's going to be good or it's not going to be good. Like you said, Rue, I mean, the idea of, you know, uh, uh, a Nintendo game, you feel like there's a great track record there. You know, of, of of taking care of customers when they make an early purchase. Yes, and I do want to say because Starscream is in the chat making a very good point saying, well, Nintendo published Sonic Boom, which is laughably bad. Uh, <laughs> let me say Nintendo developed game. I'll put it that way. And not that every Nintendo... That's good. You know what I'm trying to say. If you have a game company that you trust... Uh, to make a high quality product, like I would say the same thing about Level Five, you know, which makes they made like Dragon Quest Eight and Nine, they made Fantasy Life, which just came out to surprisingly good reviews. You know, they've got a great track record. That then you can, I, I would consider pre-ordering from them. But Ubisoft, yeah. EA, not so much. Yeah, and I mean, like like Shane was saying, the kind of yearly releases um, that tend to be kind of just money grabs. Uh, probably not a great indication of the fact that someone's got a very well thought out, very well planned, very well executed game. Um, I find very few of those series consistently deliver very well. Um, but, you know, think of the staples, the ones that I think do it very well, like Blizzard. Even somebody like Blizzard, which released recently released the expansion for World of Warcraft, um, they had issues with their launch. And this is one of the most lucrative games, if not the most lucrative game of all time. Um, and 
they're having to go back and give people free time on, on Warcraft to make up for some of the issues that they had with capacity when they first released the game. So even the mighty Blizzard can have problems with the launch. Well, so let me ask you guys about this. What do you think about these embargoed reviews in general? Because <clears throat> Kotaku, after this whole debacle, basically said we're not going to we're not going to review games with the you know that are embargoed or something like that. I can't remember. They won't accept review copies that have an embargo attached to them or some such. Hmm. Uh, Shane. Well, I've I've had uh, some interesting experiences with companies that have uh, have contacted me to review games. And um, when they have, there's these rules that they always give you. The embargo, the date itself, I understand. They want to they, they want to make sure that the game information is released at a certain point. That's cool. I actually have emails from companies <clears throat> who I'm not going to mention for professional reasons who've tried to offer me stupid things just because they think it would sway my opinion one way or the other. And some of these embargoes, especially for YouTubers, will say things like, you can't say anything bad. You have to like us on all your social platforms. Or if you get this video out and we like it enough, we'll send you a plushie. Not even kidding. That was on there once. <laughs> plushie. And and I can't even mention the game, too, because if I do, then you're going to know who it is. But that's been offered to me in the past. And that's just me. I'm like Mr. Nobody. So I can't imagine what big companies get offered, like larger companies that are doing huge reviews that really influence the, de the developer's sales, I can't imagine what kind of offers they're getting that would just influence them that much more or basically change the way that they're capable of reviewing a game. Gee, it sounds like people are actually, in the video games industry right now, are, are strangely interested in journalistic integrity. Why could that possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and, heard about that. And for all the crap, you know, for all the crap that Kotaku's gotten lately with uh, it, talking about ethics in games journalism and the indie game scene, I, I actually think that Kotaku and their handling of the big companies, the big video game companies, has been pretty good for a while, frankly. Uh, they, yeah. they have been pretty open and not accepting of various press junkets and things like that from big video game companies. I think that's an easier thing to try to avoid in that, you know, if, if, if someone's trying to give you free merchandise and stuff like that, that you can very obviously say, well, they're trying to buy my opinion. So, um, we can, we can reject that. So anyway, we're, we don't want to get into that <clears throat> whole mess again, but yeah, a whole nother conversation, but it's, it's just <laughs> interesting that, that, that everyone, you know, I think that all these game journalists are now trying to respond as if they, they actually have some good journal credibility from journalistic integrity. And that to me just seems like uh, desperation, but anyway, if they, if they want to wrap that around in this embargo thing, that's, that's, that's their own kind of thought. <laughs> um, so I have one too, I was going to talk about, which is pretty easy, which is the release of, uh, Android 5 Lollipop. I thought you were going to say Dumb and Dumber 2. Dumb and Dumber 2 Android Lollipop Edition. Um, <laughs> so uh, I actually have not seen Dumb and Dumber 2, so if you have, don't I'm, tell me anything about it. I'm upset. I, I have. Oh! Okay. And we can't talk anymore. No, no. Uh, I, think, no. I think we need the spoiler-free re-res review of Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> Wait, there's, embargo. there's an embargo. <laughs> I can uh, oh my god right I can't talk about it for another three years uh, I'm gonna tell you I, I could like I could review it without saying anything spoilery yeah let's do that okay in ten words 
<laughs> and French. Or fewer. Or fewer. You're Canadian. You can do uh, it in French, sure. right? I can, no, I can't. Oh, my God. Bonjour. <laughs> Domaine, domaire, toi. I can't. I didn't even say the number yeah. right. So, no, no. I, no, don't, I, I don't even know how many words that was. So, uh, you're doing well. Yeah. It's wrong. But uh, the, the movie, um, uh, Jeff Daniels and, and Jim Carrey are perfect. Like, they remember their role so well. And they got it right. The directors have made a modern comedy for old characters. So it doesn't jive with me. I don't feel like... And I, you laugh in the theater. Everyone's laughing. And there's some jokes that genuinely, when I think of, I'm just like, oh my god, this is hilarious. Um, and I have to be honest, from a directing standpoint, and the way that they uh, they achieved what they, the, what they were trying to do, I feel like the directors have kind of lost face because <clears throat> comedy is so hard to craft. And I feel like they're stuck trying to find their voices again, which doesn't really make the film work hmm. Hmm. all right and that's uh that's uh, commodore's uh talk of news <laughs> tidbit on android so anyway no. my news <laughs> <item> is... <laughs> well I, I i don't i don't really think it has much to do with dumb and dumber anyway but that's okay yeah. I, I was just gonna say so i i've only used lollipop for a little while i think it's fantastic i think it's a, a well-needed finally kind of realized uh, aesthetic update to Android. So far, that's been the, the, the biggest thing I've seen. And and I have liked pretty much everything I've seen. The only thing I don't really like is that all the email boxes are consolidated into Gmail now, unless you have a third-party app. Yeah. I'm uh, not a big fan of that part. Well, you know... I, um, sorry, go ahead, Shane. No, well, I no. actually... I, I had my... Uh, so I just got an iPhone or uh, an Android, a Nexus 5, um, and I just got Olipop. I'm in love. This is the best mobile operating system I've ever used in my entire life. This includes like anything that um, BlackBerry has released. Everything. This is the best. Period. It's great. Um, the, the the latest iOS is trash. It is the dumbest mm. thing that Apple's ever done. They should stop making products. I'm so convinced that it only gets worse <laughs> from here on out. Like I'm so convinced. Are, are, are you year, coming from an iPhone? I am. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I, Convert. I, this, this, this was, podcast brought to you by the brand new iPhone 6 Plus. Oh, my God. You, you know, honestly, so my car has like an iPhone adapter, so I can actually plug in music to it. That doesn't work with this. So the, the ability for me to actually listen to music in my car it has been removed because I, I don't have that ability anymore. Yet still, I would rather throw out my car than get rid of this phone now because that's oh, wow. how, better, how much better this is. I, I Apple got it so wrong. I said the reason why I'm so upset with them is um, I, I I have an iPad still, and I set an alarm on it, and the alarm was for 11 o'clock, and at 10:30 I go to open up my my iPad and and it it it's uh, it says it's 10:30. I'm like okay, so I'll go get some rest. So I go to lay down, I keep resting, and then somebody goes, hey, you're 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 missing your alarm, and I was like what? And then I woke up, and then my 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 iPad still said it was 10:30 because the the freaking clock crashed on the iPad. <laughs> wow. I don't I've never I well, used the clock app is very resource intensive to be fair. To be fair, I've yeah. never used an operating system in, in my entire life from from C64 to to anything, any operating system I've ever used, and I've used a lot. This is the first time I've ever been so completely distraught using an operating system that can't do the basic features. Sometimes it works, then sometimes it just stops. 
And when it stops, there's no blue screen of death. It just stops, and it will not start back up. Hate it. The, uh, the, the Nexus 5 is an awesome piece of hardware. I'm not so much sold on the Nexus 6 yet, um, so I think you got in on the right point there. I'd probably rather have a Nexus 5. Um, but I have to say, I, I think Lollipop is great. It's all very flattened in terms of, a, of, a, uh, of an operating system. Everything kind of seems to, to bleed together well. Um, the flow is good. You, you can get to what you're trying to get to more easily, in my opinion. And I, I just think it gets a lot of things that Android has been trying to get right for a while. It finally gets it right. And it looks beautiful at the same time, which is something that all of us that use Android have kind of had sacrifices on uh, in, in even, even of late. You know, when I thought Android became really good looking, it was still not kind of to the level of iOS. Now I think it's surpassed iOS. So my review of, Lop, of, of Lollipop is definitely a, a big thumbs up. I think it's fantastic so far, and, and I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Okay, I'm done. You can go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, one of the things I do like about uh, being able to have all of those emails accounts uh, accessible all at once is that I can check the Clan of the Grey Wolf marathon email account that we just set up not too long ago for people to send in their donations for us to give away during the 6th annual Clan of the Grey Wolf charity marathon, which will be this December 12th through the 14th. Uh, you will have Commodore and I, along with some special guests, playing 60 hours of ridiculous 16-bit games. Man. All across the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, Sega CD, and yes, the CDI. Um, Thank God. Thank God that one's still in there. <laughs> we're this will be benefiting the uh, St. Jude's uh, or St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is a very fine institution. I recommend you check them out. Uh, with with the help of all you fine folks out there, we have uh, been able to raise over $50,000 for charities over the past five years, and we really appreciate all of your help, so please come out uh, and join us again for some madcap fun and, and goodiness. Uh, again, that's starting at noon on December 12th, and I have a few few notes to make here. Uh, we have some of the goodies that we're going to be giving away for donations. Ooh, goodies. Uh, you can find more information at clanofthegraywolf.com, by the way, and you can donate there uh, via credit card and PayPal. But anyway... We have, and I'm holding this up, neither one of you can see this, but this year's $50 plus donations, in the, in the past we've given SD cards, 128 megabyte SD cards, we've given micro SD to, to SD card converters, you know, very, very high dollar very, items. But yeah. this year we have a legitimate, realistic looking uh, bookmark that you can use to mark your place in analog books. A you book know, with actual pages in it. This is very exciting. And if you're looking at it, you can see it's it's modeled after a classic uh, RPG. Would you like to save your progress? Yes or no. And on the back, the Clan of the Grey Wolf logo. And this can be yours if you donate at least $50 to St. Jude's uh, via the marathon. Pretty damn good, if you ask me. It's very Pretty exciting. Damn good. Very exciting. And also, uh, a little bit of extra information. Uh, if you're watching this on the on YouTube and not on the podcast, you'll see this. But we're working with a uh, a fine uh, LA art studio to make a series of <clears throat> very limited edition prints, uh, which will uh, centered around 
16-bit games. So here's an example of one right here. You can see, I've seen these, so yes. I, I cheated on this one. I can, I can pretend like I've at least seen this one. You have uh, Terra in Esper form basically launching through space. Uh, this is beautiful, uh, and it's a, it's a 3D art. It's laser art, I should say, and it's uh, going to be printed on metallic paper, 11 by 17, so frameable, and each this is just one of like three or four prints that we're going to offer. Only 10 will be made. Uh, the, the artist in question has said he will only make 10. He will sign them and number them, and then that will be it. He will never make them again. So this is the only way that you can get them, a very generous donation uh, on, on their behalf. And I'm very excited to give more information on how you can get that as the marathon gets closer. So I like it. I like it a lot. That is my, that's my news and notes. I like it. I got that reference. <laughs> yeah, see? See? Always dropping them. Always dropping them. Also, Smash Brothers this Friday. We Take that. I'm excited. Anyway. And, and speaking of which, by the way, I just need to get this in here. I was having a, a conversation with um, with a couple folks over the week, over last weekend. We are talking about kind of the new console generation. And I think we all pretty much decided at the same time that the way to go was the Wii U this year. Ooh. Just I, throwing that out there. I'm I, just throwing that out there for you. Just for you. I'm mildly biased, but I think Wii U is, is probably the strongest at this point. Of I, course, it's, I'm it's got a year ahead head start. Yeah, but, yeah, I, but I, it's, it also has got d- some good games now. So, d- Despite what everybody thinks about my show, because a lot of people think I bash on the Wii too much, <laughs> it's, it's from a place of love. The Wii U is the best system to get this generation, without a doubt, so all far. Right, all right. I was going to, because I, I noticed you tweeting a little bit, a little bit of Wii U... Uh, uh, um, Worst what are you controller this generation, I still believe. I still believe firmly. Interesting. That doesn't mean that I think it's a bad. I have a video that I haven't like pieced together, but I have one. I thought everyone was going to think I was just insane by releasing one video about the controller and saying the console is the best. <clears throat> console is the best. Can't go around it. It is the best system this generation. It has the best games this generation. There's a reason why I own a Wii U and I don't own a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One. The reason why is that there's some good games to play on there. And I'm hypercritical of the things I like. And that's why I like to basically look at Nintendo and what they're doing wrong and address those things and talk about those things. Because I find that the conversation I get from that is far more richer and more interesting than me just going... Oh, geez, boy, I do like that Nintendo stuff. Yeah, oh, boy, geez. It's like, I, that's, Rue, are you talking? Are what? you talking, Rue? Like, <laughs> I, did you, I, yeah, that's a very good point. On the other hand, we have Hidoshi in the chat who says that Shane is a wiener. So I don't know. So I don't know. I mean. It's, it's, it's true. Uh, YouTube.com slash wiener. Don't type that in. <laughs> You're not going to like what you see. You're never going to like do what not, you're going to see. Do not search wiener on YouTube, please. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, you know, there's 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 at least some protections in place. So anyway, um, in the meantime, yeah. in the meantime, we should probably get to the topic du jour. That is the topic of the day. Uh, we are, you know, I recently saw a, uh, a, a a documentary, which was, I think, actually, interestingly, um, a Netflix documentary. Mm. And I saw it on net. I saw it on Netflix. And it's called Please Subscribe. And it's all about um, some of the most successful, although probably not the household names that you would normally associate uh, with this phenomenon, but but some of the most well-known YouTube 
kind of celebrities, the folks that had that started kind of making videos for for one reason or another, and have now quit their jobs, their full time jobs, and done nothing but kind of worked on YouTube as their way of making money and their means of making a living. And Rue and I were talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact, and thought this would be a good topic of conversation because, you know, it's a it's kind of a vol. It seems to me like this is a little, this is kind of a volatile market, right? I mean, we started the Clan of the Gray Wolf in 2009. This is probably right at the height or right before the height of the whole YouTuber phenomenon. And we thought it'd be good to talk about what the implications are. What's the future look like for this kind of thing? This thing that we do. It's, a, um, it's still a young, <clears throat> excuse me, internet internet video entertainment is still a young medium. You know, mm-hmm. YouTube's not even ten years old. Right, that's true. Isn't that crazy to think about? That yeah. YouTube's not even 10 years old. <laughs> so, I mean, and so you have, um, what I found uh, funny, because I, lo- I, didn't, I didn't see this documentary, but after you mentioned it, I looked it up. The funny thing that, I struck, that struck me was I didn't recognize any of the people on it. I, as in, like, I've mm-hmm. never heard of them or seen their shows. And that's, that goes to show just the, the breadth and the depth of YouTube stardom. You know, mm-hmm. you can have people that are doing very well for themselves with hundreds of thousands maybe even millions of subscribers that a lot of people don't even know actually um so that's interesting to me uh and and you have people who have taken that as their as their life's work at this point uh i mean you and i daniel we we uh have said several times before this is our hobby more often than not you know we have day jobs uh, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't set up a Patreon because, you know, that that's not our job. We, I would feel personally not right about taking money for something. If I couldn't feel, if I feel I couldn't put out a product consistently, uh, time wise, which I obviously have problems with. Uh, <laughs> whereas you have people like Shane and this is, this is why we thought it would be good to have him on who this is, this is his work. So Shane, let's bring you in on this. What what are your what are your thoughts on this? Like like what what drove you to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, this YouTube thing, basically. Yeah. So I yeah, this is my full time job. This is what I do all the time. Um, I was working at a marketing company. Well, not a, I was working at a marketing company for a little while, making videos. And around that time, I was uploading a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, I've since surpassed that company's entire subscription base and their entire viewership. And I did that in like probably the first couple of months with Rerez. So I was pretty excited about that. Because um, talking about video games is far more interesting than talking about products that nobody cares about. So <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but I, I went to go work at another company, a really big marketing company um, called Iovate. They make um, a bunch of, uh, I guess, protein powders and stuff like that. Have you ever heard of Muscle Tech, uh, Xenadrin, HydroxyCut, any of those weight loss, weight gain stuff? Don't take them. <laughs> it makes you lose You'll, and gain weight simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't work there anymore. Seriously, don't take them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you value the breath you breathe, don't take them. Anyway, this podcast so, brought to you by Hydroxycut <laughs> and the iPhone Plus Six Plus. Oh yeah. So I, I used to edit commercials there. I used to do things on YouTube. I, I, I did a bunch of stuff like that. The entire time I was, I, while working there, I would watch YouTube videos. Around that time. Um, that was the first time I saw anything Rue had created. This way before Rerez, I saw an Earthbound video oh, that I was enthralled in, 
and I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. He's talking about this game that I didn't really know too, much, too many people talked about. Around the same time I saw Pat the NES Punk, and I used to watch him back on game trailers as well. And I was watching all these people, and I think it was around the time I saw John Tron, I knew that I, I really should try this out because once again, uh, John, there's this one specific video that John Tron did that I knew I just, I had to try this. He has this video where he's talking about being wrapped up underneath a blanket and the warm glow of the TV and the Rare logo came up for the very first time when Donkey Kong Country came on and he knew that there was something special was about to happen. I knew then that I had conversation, like I had, I had thoughts about games that weren't being discussed online because there were some people there that just had a different upbringing than I did. And I wanted to talk about some of those games, so that's what I, what I started doing. I started to talk about games that I didn't think that many people knew about. It's funny you say that because, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure you have some people, especially nowadays, who uh, get into YouTube thinking, I'm going to make a million. Because, I mean, it was recently released, uh, or estimated, I should say, I think by Forbes or someone, that like PewDiePie, who's the biggest YouTuber out there, makes roughly $4 million a year just based off, just off of YouTube. Um, yeah, that's kind of hard to say, though, because I think he's really only been at that level for what? about a year a year and a half but still i know so it wildly fluctuating so, obviously but the point yeah. is, is that i'm sure you have some people that join youtube saying i'm going to make a million dollars talking about video games but the most for the most part i think especially before the past couple of years uh before the big internet dollars really started rolling in so to speak um mm -hmm. you had a lot of people that would just see people reaching out to an audience and being able to say things that either they thought they could add to the conversation or uh, bring up things that weren't being talked about and, and make that, you know, do that on YouTube. It's like, hey, there's some guy talking about it in his, in his, uh, in his uh, bedroom or whatever. I, I can do that. I, I remember one of the things that kind of led us to do Clan of the Grey Wolf stuff back in 2009 is that, <clears throat> Commodore, you and I were, were fans of Spoonie. Uh, mm -hmm. And we would watch his stuff pretty frequently, and we're like, you know, his like conversational personality and just the way that he can like kind of hit on certain aspects of these games that you know people weren't usually talking about. And he wasn't just screaming and cursing, which no, I think yeah, a lot of people were doing back then too. Right, right. I mean, he definitely has a bit of a you know angry persona, but he wasn't the angry video game nerd as as Not a clone, which is what everyone was doing at that time. It seems so. It's very we, true. Yeah. And we, and we were like, yeah, we could do that. Uh, maybe we'll we'll try it out at least and see what happens. And you know, so I find it extra funny because uh, uh, Shane and Spoonie and I shared a room. Had <laughs> too many games this year, so that's awesome. That's a weird conf confluence of of, of uh, all the reasons why we got into this. Yeah, this whole basically, business you know, when we shared that room, I had only maybe watched one or two of his videos, and I was and I I, I binge watched a bunch because I wanted to know what he was all about, and I ended up seeing what everyone else sees that that awesome attention to quality and and it really yeah he get he gets angry. It's a part of that 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 persona, but really. When he's uh, he was doing a review of uh, what was it that he did recently? It was um, Big Trouble in Little China for I think the C sixty four. Oh yeah, and he very obviously cares a lot about that that property. And, and you know what? A gamer can tell when somebody knows what they're talking about. You can tell when there's that quality and that passion mm -hmm. in, in in what you're in what you love. It's the same reason why people like a lot of our shows because I think a lot of us are gamers. We can kind of smell our own. So that's what Spoonie had, and he, and he still has that, and I and I I loved it, and I I'm now a subscriber for sure because I just like watching his stuff. Oh yeah. So so this sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. 
Oh, no, the other thing I was going to say was just to add on to that, I think is that people can tell kind of quality content, too. And I think that one of the reasons why, you know, it, it's very easy as, an, as a bystander who doesn't really know a lot about this phenomenon to see somebody like PewDiePie and assume that everybody that plays video games are idiots. Right. And, and I think that would be a pretty fair assessment from if, if that's all you saw, right? But one of the reasons why we wanted to get into this was because we saw Spoonie, who I thought brought a lot of, of, of intelligence and, and a, a fair amount of intellectual thought to video games and to kind of general geekery. I remember one of the, some of the first videos we watched were actually Dungeons & Dragons videos, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, and, um, and he's done a lot more with that, actually. Yeah, yeah. so it, to me, it's, it's not even just, I, I agree with what Shane said, but I would add on to that to say, that I think we can, as 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 gamers, I think we can also kind of detect when someone has kind of that that extra. I mean, there's a, there's a smaller percentage of us that are really interested in kind of the the pursuit of what makes these games great, what makes this this cultural phenomenon so cool for us, and what makes it you know a community we want to be a part of. And that was something we wanted to tap into from the beginning, for sure. Sure. So, so, but going into more modern times, I mean, there's, uh, it, it is, you have a lot more people that are able to make a living off of YouTube. I think I've, I've in talking with, you know, Shane, Shane, obviously, uh, this is his life's work. Uh, Pat is all, is someone who quit his day job a couple of years ago in order to do this. I know Norm, the gaming historian, is working hard to get to the point where he can do videos his whole time right I, I, I in talking with people over the past couple of years i think the general consensus i found is if you can get something like eighty thousand or so subscribers on youtube and get consistent hits on your video make consistent videos like one or two a week you can live off of that like yep. you, you can make a decent not not ridiculous but a decent living off of that yeah um so my 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 question, the thing that that strikes me is that is that sustainable? Is that something that will be around for the foreseeable future? You you have things like about a year ago when YouTube changed their algorithm for for uh, hitting um, uh, copyrighted content. Yeah, copyright content, and some big name people like angry joe had several videos that were dinged for that and you know that was somewhat fixed later on but you know youtube could turn on a dime or google youtube whoever is the same thing could turn on a dime and suddenly say oh wait uh you can't monetize this this blah 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 it's to me it's nerve-wracking to have all of my money making but not all but most of my money making potential in tied up in one platform sure Um, and i don't know like shane what are your thoughts I honestly, when when uh, I love the fact that I came onto the scene just like a year before that happened. So <laughs> for me, I was just like, I'm watching all these videos and I'm seeing a lot of people use copyrighted music, and I'm just like, in a million years, I never would do that. Like I I would never use a song I don't own. If I'm reviewing something, that's fine, but I would never use material I don't own because I came from the world of marketing. I came from the world where if I did that. There was the lawyer's office in the company that would come to my desk and smack me on the back of the head, go, what are you doing? And I remember having to take all these regulation trainings for all that stuff. So as soon as I started doing YouTube, I was like, well, if I turn this into a TV show, I can never use this content again. So it was a no-brainer for me. I never used content I didn't own or at least knew how to cite or source. That's an interesting vector into the industry. I mean, most people's 
kind of weigh in that 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 do this i think don't come from that angle at all and i think it's a great point they they come from an angle of you know they're just trying to do whatever they can to get those 80,000 subscribers to 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 use Rue's example they're not necessarily thinking about using other people's content like like shame was because of his previous kind of experience yeah he's usually just schlubs with a camera like us basically (laughs) well but see that the the passion there see the the quality is subjective based off of what people are going for and really it doesn't always have to be visual quality it can be high knowledge it can be speech it can be a personal viewpoint that is unique to you anything can be quality uh just based off of your viewership um I've been, I, I've, I, I did a video with James and Mike Play, and uh, the Game Chasers were on there, Spoonie was on there, and a lot of us, we were, we were all there. And I didn't get any viewership from that. I didn't get a whole bunch of subscribers. I didn't get a whole bunch of people viewing me because, guess what? His audience tuned in to go watch one of my videos, and they're like, he's reviewing a Coleco Mini Arcade. Who the hell wants to watch that? <laughs> because right. that's what it is. It's... I, I don't do all the funniest things in the world, so it's a different kind of audience that watches me. Everybody has a unique audience. You just got to find it. And I think a lot of people that that were trying to early on game getting audiences by by doing like the the big oh oh let's all play Five Nights at Freddy's. I get it, I get mm-hmm. it, guys. The mm-hmm. game exists, but you're gonna you're gonna get into a space where you're just basically existing in this group where everyone's doing the same thing, and it just doesn't work. And some of that raises a sustainability question in my mind, because I think there is such a niche, sorry, niche, I'm going to get killed if I say it the oh. other way, a, uh, a niche about, about, you know, around the, the, the communities. And I think it's part of the reason why YouTube communities kind of sprout up the way that they do, because... You know, the Internet allows us to connect with people all over the world. One of the first things that happened with us with the Clan of the Grey Wolf is we started to realize we had we started picking up a lot of fans in Canada. And (laughs) of course, neither of us lived in Canada. And then we started, you know, attracting some European viewers. And we were kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, we're big in Germany. Yeah, apparently, just like (laughs) David Hasselhoff. Um, So that that should tell you something about quality right there. Um, but I, but I think you know it, it's it's not limited by a geographical restriction, and but that means that it's you know it's it's always kind of smaller. It's there is a smaller community. You can reach more people globally, but it's actually a small percentage and a, a small community that actually um, you know uh, joins these kinds of communities and want to see these kinds of videos. I'm not sure if there isn't s- sustainability questions kind of involved with that. How how many duplicates do you need out there of the same kind of thing mm-hmm. before we're all saturated and inundated with content? And I think that's the way it is with Let's Plays in general. Uh, just like Shane said, do you need 500 Let's Plays of Five Nights at Freddy's? Um, probably not. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it's the same. It, it is very cyclical. It's people kind of chasing the... Uh, not well, chase the chuck wagon. I don't know why that popped in my head, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with like five or six years ago. Everyone was more or less trying to be a a AVGN clone. Yes, yeah, <clears throat> because he was yeah. he was he was the game in town, right? That's, uh, that's it. And now you have a lot of people uh, trying to be the next PewDiePie or the next Game Grumps or Chugga Conroy, whatever. You right. know, uh, the originals will probably be stable for a while, but you know the you gotta you gotta make your own voice um 
in the middle of that whole conversation you guys were, were having, I, I got a hilarious reminder of of uh, of this the whole purpose of this topic. I got a, a note about uh, 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 money in the PayPal account from Blip, <laughs> from Blip, nice. which is which we've pretty much quit using um, as a platform, uh, Blip Video. Uh, but five years ago, that was that was the that was the high dollar you know, uh, ad, 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 uh, platform for videos. Right. It's true. Uh, and then it got bought by maker, which then got bought by Disney and they're kind of cleaning house. They're kicking off below. Oh yeah. The low subscriber count p- folks on blip and who knows how long it's going to be before they just shut that down. Probably. Yeah, probably. Exactly. I, I honestly, I can't imagine it stays around for that long. If only for the fact that, I see YouTube going in a very specific direction, and I know it scares a lot of people, but I, like you were just saying, I don't think Let's Plays have a future. I actually don't believe they do anymore. Um, I've been looking at stats, looking at things, and there's a lot of people who say, well, it's growing, it's growing, people are getting bigger and bigger. And it's, yeah, it's because they have a big impact, they have a big footprint, and their social impact is large, but every day there's 10,000 new Let's Players out there because it's easy. When the, with the complexity of making, it's like this. When you know how to how to how to make something, and it's and, and you're doing it, no one else knows how to do it. It becomes this exclusivity thing. Once you teach a billion people how to make that exact same thing, they stop going to the shop to buy it. That's right. And let's plays are coming to that form where everybody and their grandmother does a let's play series, and it's getting to the point where it's just completely oversaturated, and you can't stand out. We have these large channels like Game Grumps, like Markiplier, and believe me, it's not a knock against any of them, not even PewDiePie. I don't watch him. I sat down and try, and that that ended. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's like... <laughs> quickly, quickly, it's, I'm sure. It's, it's because, like, I'm watching these guys for gaming knowledge most of the time, or I want to hear what their perspectives is on, on the games. That's why I'm interested. If I wanted to learn facts, I'd go to Wikipedia... I'd watch Rue. So there's really not a heck of a lot there that I'm getting back from from those kind of video series. And and what I've noticed is that every day there's a new channel. Every day there's a new group of people that are making thousands of videos every two minutes. And if I'm an advertiser, this is just from my my background, from where I've worked in the past, if I'm an advertiser, I'm not going to be paying for those channels. In fact, if I were looking at audience retention and watch time, which is how YouTube now bases how much money you're getting for your videos, well, I'm not going to put any dime on Let's Plays because why would I? I know for a fact that any single person that's watching Rue or watch, watching uh, Clan of Grey Wolf, watching any of these videos has a specific tendency to be of a certain age where they have buying power. These guys that are watching, these women that are watching, are going to be purchasing things they see in these advertisements. And when you know how to advertise that audience, it's extreme, it's amazing. But with Let's Plays, you don't have that because you have a bunch of people who don't play video games watching these Let's Plays and the advertising is completely diluted. And it's all about money, so that's just naturally how it's going to go. Even though everyone thinks it's a crazy thing to say, Let's Plays are going to die, and it's going to happen way sooner than people think. And Shane, I love you because that is like the biggest thing I that that is the biggest reason I wanted to talk about this. And it's actually kind of what I want to end the topic on. 
Um, to me, I look at someone like I, this has been rattling around in my mind as a topic for a few months and I couldn't figure out why. And then it kind of struck me because ever since that whole four million dollar PewDiePie or PewDiePie, whatever figure came out, I was like, is that sustainable? The guy right. obviously, obviously, obviously hit the vast majority of his audience is probably preteens. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's 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 call a spade a spade. I'm sure the guy is nice enough. I, I have nothing against him personally, but literally no one I know likes his videos. Who do the, who are the people I talk to? They're all at the very least college age people or, or just out of college. You know, we're all a little bit past that kind of goofy whatever humor. But you look, it, right. it's like Fred. Remember that was the biggest thing a few years ago on YouTube. Oh, he can't get 10,000 views a video now. It's insane. Yeah. Like, he's struggling. Those people That's who crazy. were fans grew up. Um, yeah. Movies, television series, albums, yeah. everything. There and were then, several movies. Uh, and so, to me, it's like, <clears throat> if you are an advertiser, and Shane also knows a lot about the advertising background of YouTube, so I'm sure he can talk more about this, too. But it's like, to me, I'm thinking, if you're a big advertiser, if you're advertising, I don't know, uh, feminine hygiene products or something and you're like let's put stuff on YouTube or or hell not even choice. not even that we just went through a uh, US election uh, and 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 uh, my state happened to be the most expensive Senate campaign ever a hundred million dollars were spent uh, on the Senate campaign what did that mean is it mean it meant that even though I don't have cable I saw political attack ads every time I launched a YouTube video right people are spending lots of money on that if you are a campaign you know, ad person, or you're selling your feminine hygiene products, and you look at PewDiePie and you look at his target audience. You're like, these people aren't going to buy my stuff. These people no. don't don't have jobs. They can't buy money. Like, or they can't buy money. They can't buy anything. Right. <laughs> it's like, why? It would, it why would are be we... like you know advertising on a on a you know teenage like a Katy Perry album for yeah you know, adult products, and you're kind of going like, what, what, yeah, what the heck? And it's they're, like, they're why, this stuff. why are we spending? Why are we wasting my ad money on this? You know, and to me, yeah. that that seems like if it's not going in that way already, and Shane, please inform me here. If it's not already going that way, it seems to me like YouTube as an ad platform will become a lot more targeted. It well, it has. It really has. Okay. Uh, we right now. Um, sorry, Commodore, if you're going to say something, right, go you. Okay. Uh, right now, there's the Google Preferred network, right? So Google Preferred is basically the top-tier channels. They get a better ad slice, so their advertising is worth a lot more. So the top 1% of Google Preferred gaming channels, you can find this. Just type in Google Preferred uh, video gaming on Google. That was a weird sentence. And then at the very top, <laughs> you'll actually get uh, all the 1%. And then there's the 5%. A lot of us are in the 5%, not me working to get there the five percent's the next range and then everybody beneath doesn't even touch it they don't even get close i think at my current viewership i'm like a hundred thousand views away from getting to that preferred five percent status but Mm. once you're there the advertising revenue is worth a lot more and that kind of stuff because they have to basically value that content um youtube has this very easy destructible method where they take uh videos in like game grumps a hundred thousand views a video and then nobody watches it anymore. The views don't continue growing. If Game Grumps stopped releasing videos for a month, the channel would die out completely. Yeah, I think maybe if, if I take a step back and look at what both of you have been saying, what I can summarize it this one way, which is that there's a market to this, mm. right? This is There is a market economy to advertising on YouTube the same way there was a market economy of 
of advertising and television. And just like the maturity of media, we always talk about this with video games because video games happen to be our media of choice, right? There is a certain kind of level of maturity that gets achieved in, in a specific medium over time. When television first really started becoming big, people didn't really know how to advertise or, or how to monetize advertisement um, on the network side to make it kind of a worthwhile venture. Especially now, you know, you've seen kind of the, 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 the advanced phases of this, now where you have you know, hundreds of channels happening at the same time. Imagine when there were only four channels or five channels, right? So with so many different channels, the market is saturated with advertisement and it's, you know, it's like, do I want I, I can spend a ton of money and get a small short of a small you know, amount of time on a broadcast network like CBS or I can spend relatively little money and get three hours at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you know, on Spike TV. Right. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing really is that there is a market economy developing around these things. And one of the coolest parts, I think of the movie please subscribe and i would recommend it for any of you that haven't seen it on on netflix um is is when they start to talk about what the market economy looks like for these folks what do they see as kind of the the their future on this medium and the fact of the matter is that you know ruse point i think uh is very well taken somebody could flip a switch and, and everything could change tomorrow. But taking that outside of, of that fact, I guess, without leaving that behind for a little while, you're going to be subject to the market. And to Shane's point, you always like to think that the good ideas kind of rise to the top, you know, that, that, that there are good people doing good work and they're going to be the ones that shine through. I know better than that by now. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, right, right, it's, it's not always, it's not, that's not always going to be the case. And unfortunately, that also means that I think there's a lot of stuff that's out of that's just total crap, and the total crap will continue to dominate for a lot of those kind of uh, uh, positions at the top for advertising revenue, for you know, for better or for worse. Well, remember, like it's it's marketing is a heavy part of this too. Um, one of the things that really works out for Rerez, like I, I don't like to hide any kind of thing I do with Rerez. I always like to be public about whatever I'm doing with the channel. Mm -hmm. um, I specifically, uh, I, I made a, a personal ban on any kind of brand deals or anything on the channel. And I was very public about that because uh, somebody had said that Canadians uh, don't apply to the same FCC rules. They're not like, bullshit, we do. Oh, my God, no. Don't say that. Because it makes it seem like I'm already taking deals for things. And I never have. I knew I never, it. Oh, but but I, I made a ban on the channel saying we'll never take brand deals, and I made that very clear with everyone. And the reason yeah. I did that was just because, look, if I take a brand deal and I review a product, you guys are going to think I'm not being honest. I, I did a, a review of uh, Glom Tom, which is uh, basically it's a here it's it's this. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm not trying to show off the product or anything like. Buy Glom Tom now. <laughs> yes, this this podcast brought to you by Glom Tom. Uh, and we lost, we lost, uh, we lost Shane. It's all because of the glom tom. We lost his audio, I should say. He, he should back. never ah, have brought that. There you go. Back. You're back. You got so too excited. Yeah, I did. So Watch this. this. I, I did. Yeah, right. I did a video on this, 
and I was very sincere. I actually enjoyed this thing. It's it's basically it's something that just fits on your lap and you just play games on it. It just it's a place to hold your hands. Hmm. It's very very simple. It's it's all it's it seems dumb, but believe me, when I do the review, I try to explain why it's not a bad idea. The thing is, if I had taken money for that, easily no one would have believed me. No one would have understood or trusted me with my opinion on that, and that wouldn't have been right. And and I and I think that that's going to become a deeper issue as time goes on because some of the biggest channels take brand deals, that's and true. it's going to start to erode away what those people basically talk about. Like uh, it was a mild controversy, I think, when John Tron started <clears throat> having hot or not advertisements, I believe. Hot or not dot com, I should say. I think yep. that was what it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds familiar. Hot or not, jeez. Yeah, I know. Are they still around? Right. <laughs> still around. Unbelievable. To, I, I thought they got killed by Tinder. Is <laughs> to, that what Tinder is? To, oh God. To me, the future of, of YouTube stars are are predicated on two things. One, what is what is popular? You know, as Shane was saying, you know, angry reviewing was the thing a few years ago. Let's plays are the thing now, but they're kind of on the wane. You know, right. that that's always going to be a big part of market forces, but to me, the, the, the new thing that is going to determine who is able to, con, you know, make this a living out of YouTube or, or, you know, whatever video platform, advertising platform comes up is the, <laughs> the smartification of Internet advertising. Right. Um, a, a week or two ago, I, I sprained my ankle pretty bad and I was uh, kind of hobbled up for a weekend. And that seemed like a great chance to catch up on uh this new season of south park and so which is which is basically hosted on hulu now so i got in like watching five episodes that are in a row i got super acquainted with a uh female uh <laughs> uh anti-baby making uh ring what do you call that contraceptive that's what i'm trying to say Anti-baby making works just fine. I, I think you should just stick with that. That's the right terminology. It's like this ring that apparently you shove up your hoo-ha and it stops babies from being made. Regardless, yeah. the point is, is that literally every other commercial was the same commercial for this thing. I'm like, is this? This is not targeted terribly well at no. me. You know? No, no. I'm not. I didn't, I didn't know that many women watch South Park, so that's an interesting. That's an interesting. Thing. Exactly, but my point is that like it can only get smarter as time goes on. And and it'll be better targeted and they'll realize, yeah. hey, people who watch South Park, this many people watch, they'll probably want to buy this. I think the same thing kind of thing will probably happen with PewDiePie and, and, and the like where they realize, hey, the, the vast majority of these people are like tiny kids who may or may not even buy anything ever. And, right. and you know what? I don't know. And the, see, that's that's something that I, I found very interesting. Um, there's a lot of channels out there that stray from their their specific. Uh, yes, um, ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But like, uh, there's, there's very, there's very like specific channels that they'll stray away. They'll do comedy videos. They'll review a movie, uh, show something being cooked or whatever. And they're not always focusing on whatever their uh, initial subject matter is. When you do that, th this is one of the reasons why Rerez lately has been doing well. Everything is gaming. Everything I talk about in some way or another is gaming focused. I never, ever, ever want to make a video that has nothing about nothing to do about video games because the moment I do that. Let's say that video becomes a huge success and it pulls in three or four million views. Well, then the advertisers look at my channel and go, well, I don't know how to advertise anything on that because right. the biggest video is something else and everything else is gaming related. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you'd have to change your entire format to something completely different. So that's specifically why I stay away from that. Um, on Twitter, 
just like what you're getting on Twitter, I'm getting like a daily ad for diapers, adult diapers. <laughs> and it's it which, happens. Which I like, mean, hey, well, we'll take they it, heard right? that you apparently pee in uh, Gatorade bottles frequently. That's yeah, true, right? Apparently, true. that's the thing. I I've never I I couldn't understand it. I'm getting all these ads all the time, and it made me realize that 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 Twitch didn't know what I was all about. They didn't know what I was doing when I was searching up. So I, I, I basically did a little bit of SEO work on my channel and everything and on Twitter. And it's more streamlined, more evident that I'm a gamer now. But they wouldn't have known that if I didn't do that. So I don't know how they thought adult diapers and me. Like, I really don't. I've never searched that up in my life. Mostly. And and really, it's like, it's it's just, it was weird. It was really weird. But with with YouTube channels, it's a big deal. Uh, oh, Blip does this the worst. Mm. Blip, I am anybody out there that's Canadian, anybody, turn on Blip. If you were on Blip last year, you're watching a video in, during the I think Christmas around December time. Every ad you got in Canada was for Sky Satellite Television. Now that's a British television service that doesn't exist in Canada. Mm. But everyone here that watched a blip video got that advertisement. That's the only advertisement any of us got at all. Oh. And that was stupid because it doesn't like we can't buy that product. Yep. So the advertising is completely worthless. So for blip, what's going to happen? This is a, and this isn't even a guess. This is what happened. One day they're all sitting in their offices and they go to look at their books and they're discussing with their client, here's how many people clicked um, on this ad. And they were probably shaking and probably needed a set of diapers then because at that point, no one clicked on the ad because nobody could possibly buy that product in Canada, period. Mm -hmm. That's an entire nation, entire month worth of advertising completely destroyed. And Disney bought that. Yeah, I, I, well, Disney bought Maker. I don't think they give the crap about Blip. Mm. Uh yeah, so I, th I think we uh, you you pretty much put on the nose why Blip is likely on the outs as a as a platform. But it's also why YouTube is is such a powerful platform because I mean yeah. YouTube is now owned by Google. Google is very famous for that, being not necessarily specific to you, yeah, well, but specific to kind of creating connections between things. So if you happen to watch a video about you know adult diapers, let's say. <laughs> Which, which I know is probably one of your favorite topics. Which is apparently what you did. Oh, so much. <laughs> and then and then you watch you know a, a, a video about gaming. There is there's going to be some kind of correlation uh, on the back end in terms of big data to try to see if there is a connection there that they need to start advertising across the, the things that have those kind of ad or t you know those kind of tags to them. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the reasons why YouTube is is still such a viable platform is because they're taking such a big data kind of approach to it rather than just kind of spraying and praying. Yeah, and, and, and Shane mentioned, you, you mentioned SEO, search engine optimization, for those who do not realize oh, what that sorry, means. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, that's fine, but I'm just going to say that that's, that's what Google does. You know, uh, Google, they know how to, how to take all this disparate pieces of information, probably better than anyone in the world. I, I don't know, you could argue for maybe companies like SaaS, but... Google is definitely up there much more than even Twitter or Twitch, certainly more than blip. So that is also part of the reason why YouTube is, is viable because they are learning how to target those ads and that's just going to get always, better. It's, it's always good to be first too. you know, I mean, I, there's, there's a reason well, that people yes. flock still to Netflix rather than something like Hulu or Amazon prime video. But I mean, they could be hemorrhaging money 
keeping YouTube afloat and and you know, why would they keep it up? Right. It, it totally makes sense. They, I mean, if if there's no way for them to monetize it, then it wouldn't be a platform that they could keep using. And that's yeah. that's just the fact of the matter. It's the same thing that everything Google does. Right. If if, if search didn't make the money, they they wouldn't they right. wouldn't use it. So I was I was doing a lot of searches for um, MMO games and, and Destiny and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that's why they were throwing the diaper ads at me from people that don't want to leave the screen. And then I'm there starting to really want, worry about that because I, I was searching up World of Warcraft and Destiny. I was doing a lot of that research and then I'm just like, now well, I'm just thinking, like, oh, well, gross. This, this guy, he, he, he does wow all the time. He needs diapers. Yeah. And, so, and some hydro. Hydroxica. It, it totally makes sense to me. I mean, I, I don't understand why that that wouldn't be a good connection. <laughs> Us here at Google have basically deteriorated, or just basically found out that you've been sitting at your desk for about twenty four hours a day and you yeah. haven't been leaving. Now you might not think about those diapers yet, but you just wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Internet of Everything. Oh God. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So you know, I I think uh, I, I think there's there's definitely a future for for the stars of YouTube. I I just I don't know. How um, I think it's all going to be done in the framework of a market economy, and and I think it's it's going to have to be something where somebody's making money, or else it's all going to go away. And uh, you know, I I hope, I genuinely hope for 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 Shane's benefit, if nothing else, <laughs> that even if YouTube were to sink into a horrible, terrible depth, that there would be another uh, uh, framework, another platform by which. <clears throat> Good folks like Shane could continue to make a living. That's all I, I guess I can say about that. And I think some of the longer term players you're going to find are able to parlay YouTube success into more quote unquote stable yes. working relationships. Like a lot of people work for uh, these networks that have sprung up in the past few years on on YouTube. Uh, right. Like, like, do you think do you think the people on Game Grumps? get money based off of the number of viewers they get no i mean i'm, I'm saying that completely not knowing but i would i would <laughs> bet money that they just get paid per per video they get that it's, from maker it's I, guess I, 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 I wouldn't know their specific instance but the way that youtube works really is 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 watch time how much watch time is being watched and for me i correlate that between retention and watch time because I, I try my best, just like yourselves, not to make videos that are just throwaway, you know, because mm -hmm. nobody really wants to. And I, that's that's why I'm not. Even if YouTube were to go away tomorrow, I'm not too worried because I'm a video editor. I'm a video producer. I've been doing it for several years before before I start doing it on YouTube. Yeah. So that's my background. I'll go back to doing that. I'll go go to the big city, get a job at some Fortune 500 company, making commercials again. Whatever. If I, I have to do that, I will. And you and you you have a resume. I mean, this is something people will use from now on. Uh, it, you can you can point, point your resume and say, "Hey, look, I've had the, this many tens of thousands of subscribers on YouTube. I must have been doing something right, you know." Right. Have you ever seen that video where that kid craps his pants while playing a 360? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was, was me. me. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the thing. And uh, the, 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 I really, I really, I really pay attention to this a lot because it is important to me. But that that whole that whole watch time thing is is like that's the most important aspect. Views for me and subscribers really don't mean anything if I'm not keeping my audience watching for the longest amount of time. If I'm doing something that's really boring, I don't find that they stick around. I've I've looked. There's a lot of people that watch my show who'll say that was the most amazing episode ever, and and I'll know that only one percent watched one percent of the or like ninety percent watched one percent of the video. So 
I'm like, cool, that one guy was really excited for something that the rest of the audience didn't like. <laughs> so I will make videos that, that cut certain things out. Um, I used to have a much longer intro, cut it down. Mm -hmm. I used to have a much longer end credit sequence, cut it out. I used mm -hmm. to have um, little bits and pieces in the videos that I found didn't work. I can see literally when people just skip a part of a video and don't watch it. So I, I would analyze it. What aren't they liking? Why are they skipping? Uh, they don't want me to be a Let's Player. There's a couple people that have asked me to do Let's Plays of videos, but you don't want that. It's like the most boring video of me just going, so now we get the Tetrama no to fall in the bottom block, and then you just <laughs> basically lose all sense of reality and go into this weird black hole scope of never finding where reality is. So don't, like you don't want that. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. You don't want that from me. I, I, I wanted to do, I, I just recently did a, a, an unboxing video which I, there are people out there that do unboxing videos fantastically. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do just a basic unboxing video because there are people that pr perform those videos and get them out a lot of, like really quickly at, at a very fast rate. For me, when I was doing that video, my whole thing was, what does the audience of ReRes want to see? So they like to get certain pieces of knowledge from me. So I showed how to identify a sealed game. A little bit of that I learned from Rue and the Game Chasers and a couple people in some rooms that were drinking a lot of beer once upon a time. So I got to learn a <laughs> lot of happened. information from them. And I was going to say, wait, you, you learned from the Game Chasers? I don't believe that. Oh, but. yes. yes. <laughs> I learned from the Game Chasers when to keep your clothes on in a hotel room with friends. <laughs> oh, God. That's, That's also also never happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think we, we've covered this one to, to, to a pretty good extent for, for one day. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with YouTube. We'll see what happens with some of those folks like PewDiePie and like uh, Jenna Marbles is the one I always kind of go back to. Oh, uh, or uh, uh, Ray William Fredo. Johnson. Yes, 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 yes. He, he, Whose he, face he, was on the cover, the front of YouTube every day, it seemed like, for years. And, um, actually, and with him, it's really interesting that he his latest his show equals three or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. somebody else doing that show now, and they're getting in the exact same numbers because it wasn't him. No, it was not. just it was the it was the show. It was the idea. So just replacing okay. the host makes the show still work. It, it just crazy. I mean, it sounds a lot like some of the more mature industries, kind of how they were in their infancy with music, with with television. And I just, I just think as things kind of mature uh, to a greater extent, you're going to see less of the kind of fluky stuff and more of what you just talked about, Shane, which is that there is kind of a mechanic that gets repeated and you can kind of create shows around good ideas, right? And, and hopefully that's something that catches on uh, regardless of how this whole thing plays out. All right. All right. Did we kill that I feel one? Pretty good about that. Yeah, we killed that one. It's dead. <laughs> the, the horse is dead, and we're we're gonna stop kicking him. All right. Um, that being said, I haven't ho I haven't seen a ton of questions yet. I've got a couple, but if you would like to ask us any question during the question and answer portion of the program, which as I look at my clock is actually right now, um, we all you have to do is really one of two ways. You can click on my name, Commodore One Twenty Eight, in the right hand side of chat if you're if you're following along with the chat right now. Send me a private message and ask a question there because we have questions from chat. But also, you can, uh, and by the way, I'll just throw that out here in the chat. You can see my Commodore 128 moniker. Or you can just tweet me at it's the Commodore. And uh, I will uh, read all of the, the best questions, and right now, really kind of the only questions, to be honest, that we're well, getting during, during the program. Before you by do that, way, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you can ask questions about anything we've done during the course of the program. 
or ask questions about whatever your little heart desires. Our, Go ahead. our personal lives. Right. Everything everything you want us to know. Anyway, um, so uh, before we get to that, I would like to mention the fake sponsor for today's uh, episode, which, uh, as you can see in the corner, uh, by accident, because I'm using a weird three-person uh, setup right now, as opposed to the normal two-person video, is Skype. Hey, did you want to talk to someone and you want them to see their face? Use Skype, damn it. It's better than anything else. There's no other way you can do it. No way whatsoever. Use Skype today. <laughs> yep. Just, Before, just, don't, just don't use it at work. Because anybody that uses it at work is an idiot. Okay. Enough said. <laughs> and, and, and pay now for Skype Ultron. Uh, just send $100 a month to uh, Rue underscore Clan of the Grey Wolf at Clan of the Grey Wolf Studios, New York, New York, 872 153 Six five two eight one one. I thought you were gonna sing the old stick stickly, uh, the old stick stickly song. Right to me, stick stickly. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not as old as you. Sorry, nine six three. What that is? New York City, New York State, one oh one oh eight. No, you made that up on the spot. Right. Didn't I you? didn't. I didn't. I did not. Culturally Jesus. different than me. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I'm man. stick stickly, eh? Come drink yeah. some beer. Oh, and... oh, oh, I get it now. Oh, stick stickly. <laughs> get out of here. That guy. That guy. Come play some hockey. Uh, a boot. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That All was, right. Uh, everything here. Mike is too hot. Commodore, turn down your mic. That's that's hey, less, I, of, less of a question. I already turned it down. It won't go down any further. You overpower um, me. That is not allowed. I know. Stand by the door. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Stand over there. Um, let's see. Super Grubba asks for Rue. Super Grubba. Uh, I'm going to say that's that's not for me or, or for Shane. So we're left out on this one. <laughs> on the topic of YouTube, whatever happened to you with Vsauce 3? How'd you join and why'd you leave? Uh, you know what? We know, I, I'm kind of surprised we never even touched on Vsauce, talking about the, the really big YouTubers. Uh, Mike Michael from Vsauce is super big. He's actually kind of become the face of YouTube, you know, in the same way that Ray William Johnson was. You know, you'll see... Uh, Vsauce as kind of like the the default thing on a lot of YouTube things nowadays. But anyway, <clears throat> they actually reached out to me uh, a while ago ask, uh, before Vsauce 3 was launched, asking if I would be interested in making videos. And I said, sure, why not? So I made videos for a while. Uh, unfortunately, I I kind of hit a, a, a fork in the road where it's like, well, could I uh, you know continue to do videos for them at a consistent bait rate, rate or would I basically keep my day job? And I was like, you know, I, I appreciate the the uh, the opportunity, of course, and you know, love all those guys over there. But decided to not go that way. I go instead with my my day job, which I I also enjoy. So that's that's also fun. But I left super super duper stardom behind, and you know, maybe one I day. I had no idea you were on Visa. That never. I didn't know that at all. <laughs> Shared a bed with you, man. You never explain <laughs> that to me. Well, I should have cuddled up with you and just kind of whispered in your ear. Hey. With this, with Spoonie, it was a small world. We I was on Vsauce. Is that making you horny? That's what you did when you were sharing <laughs> okay, that with him. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might have done like half a dozen videos or something for them. So it's like, uh... yeah, that's cool. Uh, but uh, I I, I'm actually, I'm actually proud of those videos. It was a lot of fun, and and again, good guys. So. 
Good guys, great oldies. Yep. All right, good. I like it. Um, all right, let's see. How about this one? From Kaz the Gamer Guy. Do you think it's been a good year or a bad year for gaming? It's a great question. Ooh. Can, uh, context. Through all the years that we've been gaming or just out of the past couple? I say whatever, whatever you, however you want to interpret it. I think this year has been very interesting. There's been a lot of uh, developments that have shown us the true colors of certain companies. And I feel that recently that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of either side on this, to be quite honest, but the whole Gamergate situation that happened, oh, I think really opened up a lot of eyes for a lot of people. And, and it gets made fun of all over. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian... Uh, and, and her and her movement really, I, I'm avidly not a supporter of her work anymore. I, I her her mo her videos or whatever that's fine, but the things she says online are distasteful and they're frankly wrong. And I, it's it's a me. I know like to say that publicly is quite the thing, but I, I on Twitter the other day I was just like, you know what, you can't say the things you're saying without knowing that you're doing it specifically to get viewers, to get people paying attention to you. It's like being on top of a soapbox and cutting yourself and going look at me i'm bleeding it's it's unbelievable <laughs> and it's getting to the point that's where it's sick in the watcher it's it's yeah. because it and, and it hurts feminism because that's not what feminists are about they're about equality not this weird strange situation that that's building on there and i think you're i think it's been such an interesting year for gaming because we've been talking less about the games and more of the culture of games with showing how culturally relevant they've become maybe that's also showing how much of a slow year it's been for games <laughs> sure, yeah <laughs> probably um uh, wait now we so I, I guess you're saying it's that's that would be that would that would characterize it as a bad year for gaming is that what you're saying jane it's been I don't want to say it's a bad year because I think these movements are important and I think it's been an exciting year for gaming from every front. Uh, obviously, there hasn't been a lot of amazing video games out there, but I think the culture and the community is starting to expand in such a way that we're starting to speak about social... Uh, for instance, that game that came out, um, that, 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 uh, that Dragon Cancer, I think is what it's called, which is an indie game that's made off of, uh, from a developer whose son, infant son, died from cancer, so he made a game basically to talk about that and we're starting to see games that are exploring such rich interesting tapestry that had not really been discussed very much in the past it had happened it, it was there but to the extent that we are getting really close to having or have already gotten to points where we're getting clockwork orange type video games exploring uh, like social society games that explore space in the same way that 2001 did uh, we're looking at at, at 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 games that are really starting to break apart the the mold of what games used to be and become these overall huge experiences that in some ways are surpassing movies and books. And that's exciting for me. And I think every year, and I think this year specifically, it's really shown that more people are paying attention to us than ever before. That's really well said. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I, I happen to agree that it's uh, with ADD at work. It's been a kick-ass year for indies. That's I don't think there's any way uh, around that. It's been a great year. For you indies. would we, say that. That's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would. No, but we've been saying that for a while too. Is that like that's that's in a lot of ways that's kind of the future of gaming. In a lot of ways, is indie development. Uh, it's it's hit rocks 
on the shore more than I think it has since indies have become more prominent in gaming with the whole Gamergate thing. Because uh, <clears throat> leaving out, we we discussed this in an episode like I don't know five or six episodes ago when we had no. Wait, yeah, do, is that the one we had? That is the one we had Pat on for, isn't it? About yes, ethics it and gaming journalism. Uh, yeah. The way I see it, the whole thing with Anita Sarkeesian uh, is completely uh, not. It, it is this. Um, it's not part of the same argument as the whole gaming ethics and gaming journalism thing. Those are two separate things. Uh, we've talked before about issues with her um, her work. Uh, I've mentioned before many times that <clears throat> Daniel did his master's thesis on females in video games, and I would trust uh, what he wrote way more than any of what I've seen from her videos. Um, but but uh, as far as the ethics and gaming journalism thing, that's really dealing with you know the relationships between indie games developers and and journalists, and that's that's kind of a rocky shore that's still being navigated. Uh, but regardless of that, I, I, I see bright things ahead for indie devel developers. Uh, it's a very exciting time uh, for that. And so, yeah, because that, it, it's interesting. Uh, a pretty good pretty good year for video games pretty, in general because year. of that. Yeah, I, I'd say it's a pretty good year. I'm, I, I don't know. As of, as it relates to other years, I'm not so sure yet. <laughs> a lot's going lot's gonna, to, I think, be told by what happens for the holiday season at the end of this year. And how some of those games that I know are coming out are, are actually going to be. Um, I have no doubt that Smash Brothers is going to be awesome, by the way. Smash Brothers! Smash Brothers! I'm Mary sorry. Warner anyway, asks, wait, wait, Before you go on, if you have a Wii U, be sure to add me, Rue2468. We can smashy smashy at some point when that comes out. It's smashy. Sub, anyway. Sub for sub? Uh, Yes, no, smash. smash. <laughs> it, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Mary Warner asks, should I give in to the peer pressure of getting a PS4 when all I really want is an Xbox? Thanks. Kami listener from the Philippines. Wow. Hey, Philippines. Awesome. Um, Don't be so hard on yourself. PS4 versus Xbox. I mean, wow. Is the pressure really that much to get a PS4 over an Xbox? I mean, I think I think it's more about, you know, kind of the the, the momentum behind PS4 seems to be pretty strong at the moment, uh, I guess is what he's saying. Ah. Uh, well, to me they play a lot of the same games. Let's be let's be honest here. Uh, <laughs> you know, not like 90% of the games on one is are going to be on the other. They're both graphical powerhouses. They're both, you know, fine. What now that the Kinect is pretty much dead. You know, there's not a lot to separate the two. Yeah. Play what you want to play. I mean, if you want to get an Xbox, get an Xbox. If you're a fan of the Halo games, get an Xbox. If you're a fan of, I don't know, whatever the hell else is only on Xbox. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is is uh, Titanfall. Halo. Titanfall. Get an Xbox. I mean, don't don't feel Sunset Overdrive. Don't feel peer pressured into anything. No. That you, you play what you want to play. That's what games are for, to have fun. And with. that's why I feel like a, a Wii U seems to be the, the only logical thing for me because of the <laughs> fact that a lot of the games that I would want to play and the, the kind of new generation stuff seems to be kind of either PC era kind of stuff, stuff I can enjoy on the PC, um, or just immense and beyond kind of all comprehension for somebody that doesn't have a lot of time. The Wii U ends up being, I think, much, much more um, of a good choice because we know the games are solid. It's all the characters and everything that we know and love. 
And there seems to be a lot of consistency. You know, if you pick up a Mario game today, it's got a lot of the same kind of mechanics as old Mario games, and it feels like a logical kind of jump to the next one. So you already feel like you know how to play, and that's a great thing. Yeah. I think um, I remember when I was, when the Dreamcast was just coming out, I was, I was so psyched for that. None of my friends were, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, just stay with whatever other system you have. You don't need Dreamcast. And I picked up a Dreamcast, and I... Even though the console crashed, even though I lost, I remember one day going to the store and seeing everything I bought for the Dreamcast was worth about $5 in a hoagie, and I was just like, wow, this is insane. But I never regretted buying the Dreamcast. If right. you buy something you love, if you buy it for games that you want to play, you'll never regret that purchase ever. Hey, I mean, yeah. I, People still we'll swear have, by Dreamcast. We'll have yeah. a, uh, we'll have a CDI at, at the marathon. I have a CDI. I love it. It's great. That is such a... Okay, you and I are going to have to have a talk. The CDI right. I have sitting behind me is a pretty big piece of crap. Yeah, well, there, there were some pretty big pieces of crap. We have one of those, too. But anyway, um, Big Apple, 3 a.m., asks, Hey, That's guys, awesome, considering, by yeah, the considering, way. considering the theme of actual YouTube trends like Let's Plays, how do you guys see the YouTube animation scene, considering how many game animated parodies are made nowadays? I... I think I've spoken to a lot of animators um, who who have m- multiple. Okay, when I when I think when any of us make our shows, we have like these these things that we use a lot: sets, um, scripts, designs, uh, graphics, assets. Uh, I'm able to produce consistent shows really quickly because I'm I'm doing it in a format that's easy for me to do. Sometimes I'll set things up in a way so that I can shoot about three or four things. I do this walking, talking rant series on, <laughs> on the streets. And that whole thing is inspired by a show from Canada called uh, The Rick Mercer Report. And it's a direct ripoff of him. So I'm so sorry, Rick. But uh, <laughs> did, so, you, did you not show us that when we were up at Com Bravo? I could have sworn you did. actually showed me the original show. And I was like, oh, I my did. God, that is yeah. you. It's hilarious. It's pretty much what it's, it, he talks about politics. I wanted to talk about games. And That's all great. I did was just I avoided doing like one or two things. But that 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 whole concept, when I shoot those episodes, those episodes are shot six episodes in in a single day. And I just switch shirts. So I upload those videos um, over the course of a month or two, and all I'm doing is I'm making sure the topics I'm talking about, sometimes they become more relevant over time, but I try to not speak about things that over time people wouldn't want to go back and hear or, talk, or listen to. So it's I'm able to do that. And I find the problem with a lot of animators that are having is that they learn to animate, they didn't learn the business. They didn't learn what it took to be an animator because a lot of people can animate, a lot of people can draw. But the knowledge of how to produce something and be consistent about it is incredibly difficult, and it's time-consuming, and it takes a lot of uh, of pre-production to get to that point where you can make a show and reproduce it again and again. Animation is going to flourish on YouTube. There's this show about a cat. It's like a huge show. I forget the name of it. It's just a black-and-white sketch thing, very simple animations, usually one set up in the background. Uh, Is this Simon's Cat? Simon's Cat. Yes. Thank you very much. Yep. Simon's Cat. Easily animated, simply produced, no voice acting, um, very short animations, and he's able to consistently produce as many as he can because the simplicity is so simple that he masters that design of animation, and then he's able to make funnier, more enjoyable cartoons as it goes on. That's the trick. You make something, uh, keep doing it again and again until you get better at it and better at it until you're making something that no one else can do. 
Perfect. Yeah, and I, I think animation on something like YouTube is, is a natural fit in many ways. Um, there's some people doing some really cool work in terms of animating in-game to, com- to c- combine a lot of the things that we, uh, that we know and love and, and trying to draw you know, films together from some that's been inspired by some of their favorite game characters. You know, uh, these the spawn some pretty major projects, and I'm, I've been pretty excited by what I've seen. So I think that's YouTube is a is a great marriage for animation. Uh, DTX one eighty asks, "Who's your favorite Ghostbuster?" Egon Spangler. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Oh man, I I I really only asked that question because I wanted to hear what you were going to say. You know what I was going to say. I knew you were going to say that's why I wanted to ask, but <laughs> I, I didn't know if Shane happened to be a Ghostbusters fan. Are you a Ghostbusters fan, Shane? Uh, I don't have my Ghostbusters tin with me, but oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, okay. Louis, fa- do you oh, have wait. a favorite? Okay. All right. That's good. awesome. I can see yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, that's because good. the look on his face and then the look of the audience uh, at the end of Ghostbusters 2, oh, man, that's so perfect. That's, that's, that's joy. He has more joy with that job than any of the other characters. <laughs> I get it. I'm a Ghostbuster. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I actually, I, I just recently caught kind of the back half of Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> during Halloween. Um, and and I, I have to say, it's it's still a lot of fun to watch. It, you know, it's it, it's are, something. It's not the it's first dated. one, but yeah. It's dated. And I mean, it's, you know, but it's, you know. And, Answer and the I'm damn not question. It's a great movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie ever, but, you know, but it's it's a good movie. Um <laughs> Dr. Bankman is my favorite. Oh, okay, I, I can see that too. Yeah, All right. Totally. Yeah. But now the real separating the men from the boys, what's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Or who? Leonardo is always my favorite. I don't think I've ever come across anyone whose favorite turtle was Leonardo. I'm, I love Leonardo. You're an odd duck. Well, I what what part of that did you not did you not know previously? <laughs> You're like a communist or something character or does it have to be one of the turtles moved to canada moved moved to canada already um what wait are you wait so you picked lewis tully as your favorite ghostbuster are you gonna go non-standard on your turtles answer too i'd go casey okay that's that's yeah now pick a turtle you said ninja turtle now pick a turtle um i would have to go with uh i hate them all Okay, yeah, good. You hate them all. No, I was just kidding. I hate them all. (laughs) I hate the turtles. Yep, gotta be Donatello. Anyway, that was a good question. Just because it's fun. Okay, so both of you are on Donatello. I got it. We win. Sorry. You've been voted off the island. Fine, fine, fine. Go take your logic somewhere else. No problem. Techie asks, what's the end game for hosting slash marketing of internet reviews? Is YouTube size an insurmountable advantage like Amazon, or will a decentralized model like the web itself eventually emerge? Um, nothing's insurmountable. Uh, I mean, look at look at uh, 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 what am I what am I thinking of? Um, the the big department stores fifty years ago. Like, oh, absolutely! Like uh, Woolworths and stuff like that, places that aren't even around today. You know, like Bloomingdale's. Yeah, like people think that things like Amazon or or even Google or Apple or or Walmart, uh, these are brands that will be around forever. Nothing's around forever. 
you know, uh, not easily, but I am sure another platform or a decentralized platform could come around. Uh, You're starting to see that a little bit more um, with, uh, especially in the distribution of TV shows that are not on TV, or or Mm -hmm. at least they're not being shown on TV. Things like Hulu and, and Netflix and Funny or Die, you know, just like websites with their own internal video players and and uh and advertisements you know comedy central i think has their own as well tv 2.0 yeah you know no one no one likes to put all especially big corporations don't like to put all their eggs in one other company's basket if they can help it you know normally when people construct an actual product in a company that's why they dual source you don't if you can help it you don't get a single source for all your items. Cause if that company suddenly says, Hey, we're gonna, we don't want to sell to you anymore. Or we're going to double the price on this. You're, you're not screwed. You know, same kind of thing, especially as you get more corporations moving into the online video arena, that will definitely help push a decentralization. I think, I, th- I think I, I, I see a lot of reviews happening. I think, I think you're seeing a lot of really big YouTube channels take up the review call because one, you get free products, and who doesn't like that? Mm. And then two, mm. you have to review these things, and basically people trust these people because they've been watching them. I think, though, if, very much I completely agree. I don't think Amazon's going to be around forever. I think eventually it's going to go away just because naturally people that funded the company, that started the company, lose lose the people that founded them, and then they don't understand what's going on with the company, don't understand how to run things, Apple. And then what's going to happen over time is I think YouTube's going to go the same way because YouTube's biggest problem, everyone is allowed to make videos. Everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Netflix is a great example where they're focusing on specific tailored content, producing some of their own, and making u- unique television that exists only on their platform. And I believe that there's going to be a, 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 a... I don't know who's going to do it. There, There is this one company that's attempting to do something, but they were supposed to launch sometime this year and they haven't. There's this one... Uh, the idea would be a video platform where they only pick up the highest quality video producers to make online content. And if they do that, the advertising for that would be way more worth it. So yeah. advertisers would, would pay a premium top dollar to be to have their advertisements on the, on the fronts of these videos. Once that happens, you're going to see a lot of people that are high quality YouTubers transition over there. And a website like that may turn away people like PewDiePie because maybe they don't think that he has a high enough standard of quality. Maybe the advertisers don't believe so either, because a lot of people think it's you just the, the networks all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you yeah. have you have you know the the old network wars of the past where they say this is inappropriate. We're going to put all of our controls on it, and you have to sound, look, and feel like this, or else we're not going to put you on the air. Yeah, and people are yeah. talking about that a lot more after the. Um kind of debacle with the uh, not censorship but copyright stuff last year last December I think uh, on YouTube they're like oh we need another platform Uh, to Shane's point that's kind of like what blip tried to do a few years ago they're like oh we're 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 gonna attract some high quality talent and that's why they signed people like nostalgia critic up for you know contracts you know and they provided money and and space and stuff like that Um, didn't turn out so well (laughs) For blip. That is true. I mean, but but, but I, I will also say that you know they also tried they also attracted talent from YouTube like Annoying Orange, so you know you could question whether or not moves like that were who knows how much they paid for that, but you can question whether or not that's actually what they should have been 
targeting. You know, I I, I completely agree. The, the funny thing is with Blip, I I I was on Blip for a couple of I think it was like half a year, and then I pulled all my stuff off and I closed my account mm -hmm. before they started kicking people off. Uh, I had one video that went on Kotaku IGN. Everyone was talking about this. In fact, that's the reason why Pat, I think, originally wanted to talk to me because this th this video went everywhere at one point. Mm. And and Blip got 10 views. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> why? It, it's like they don't even have an audience there. And I signed up on Blip without having any videos. And I got on Blip without any attempt, like just, just throwing out a, a reel pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was the downfall of Blip, that they weren't able to identify content that had quality not to make fun of anybody that's on there oh sure but we, we have seen shows on blip that don't have a, a standard that you'd believe they would have would have been that was the idea of what blip was essentially it got to a point when when and, and there's this always happens to the company they have values they have an idea of what they want to do and then at one point they realize oh boy we need to make money that guy over there who reviews doritos bring him on in and that's exactly <laughs> what happened and it crashed them yeah, yeah, and I and and it's I I honestly I could go on so much about Maker buy or Disney buying Maker. Why do you buy a company that owns nothing? They don't own anyone. They don't own mm. anybody that signed with them whatsoever, and they can all walk away. The moment that happens, and what what do they got? They got blip. What that doesn't even work. So you, you really, this is it. I, I've never I haven't seen a blip advertisement in like a month now because it just doesn't work in Canada for some reason because I guess Sky doesn't want to pay them again. Really, <laughs> this is it. This is this was Blip's grand move. When somebody gets it and they get it right, you're gonna see an amazing thing happen. But Blip, sadly, they just they 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 lost whatever it was that they had that that drive and that passion or the ability. They just lost it. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to uh, the lightning round. <laughs> um, and, and this one is not a, uh, this is not a question, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, big doodle says, which backstreet boy are you? I see Rue as the bad boy and the Commodore as the sweet, innocent one. Oh, is that what we we're going to say? I, I'm glad cause I, I don't know names. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I just want to be Justin Timberlake. Oh, damn. I I that's in sync. No, Jeez. I really, I really want to be Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Can I? It has, it has nothing to do with the question. I maybe just Britney Spears. Yeah. Okay, that's who I choose. That's it. Good. Um, Ma <laughs> asks, "Do you think Windows will ever not be the most popular OS?" I'm sure at some point in the future. Yeah. I think we're kind of already there. If you really want to make an argument, I mean, if, oh. if you look at the PC segment. Don't give me this a, crap. No, I'm telling you. If you, if you, if you so the you, way that something you like partner anti-desktop views. Not anti-desktop. Just telling you that, that Gardner now considers something like an iPad to be in the PC category. Whether you think it is or whether whether it isn't, that's what their data reflects. Yeah, as long as their it, clock app doesn't crash. Right. It, well, hey, you know, I mean, like I said, very processor intensive. Very resource <laughs> intensive. But, uh, you know, it's not like Photoshop. It used a lot of processor. Point is... Um, <laughs> I think I, I think over the course of time, you know, the, these things democratize, and 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 I think, but Windows clearly still has w a firm grip on what they've always had, which is that when people think of about about PCs, they're thinking about Windows. Um, when people think about you know kind of mobile operating systems, they're not thinking about Windows. But I think they have enough time to kind of fix that. So mm. who knows? I don't know. Also, we never got a Backstreet Boy out of Shane. 
Donnie Wahlberg and, because I'm we'll gonna see. go, yeah. go older. He was on Don, yeah, he I, was on Backstreet Boys. Wow. No, no, no. He was. You no, that, Britney Spears. No, I, I, like that's the joke. Timberlake. You just you just broke the joke. You totally <laughs> broke. Like I picked someone from NSYNC. You picked Britney Spears, and he was gonna pick a new kid on the block, and then we were all gonna say, "Wow." Oh my god. I just, see, at least he knows new kid on the block. It wasn't that. It was, Step by step. That song. That song is like that's uh, that's the Captain Planet theme. It is like the Captain Planet theme. Holy crap! Before and I, 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 the first time I heard it, and I was like, "That's what that is." Why does no one else hear this? Ooh, gonna get to you, girl. Oh, that wow. is fantastic. Let's finish off with a question from our buddy, good friend of the program, Nash. Yes. Nash says, recent studies showed only one in four games on Steam actually completed on early access. Mm. Thoughts? I saw this. Yeah, it was only like a quarter of the early access Steam games have actually been completed. Mm-hmm. The rest are, therefore, by definition, uncompleted. Yeah, dying on the vine. <laughs> <laughs> Math. <laughs> so that's um, I don't know. I I have a skeevy kind of uh, thought or, or feelings when it comes to early access games on Steam. It's a lot of people trying to copy the uh, the the lightning in a bottle of Minecraft. Where they were like, hey, this is an alpha of a game. It's not really completed. But, you know, if you pay for it, then you can play it and we'll figure out what it is later. Um, and I, 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 I think that's... One in four is, I would think, pretty high if you're considering the, 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 that they were trying to recapture lightning in a bottle. And that, by definition, happens once, you know... Well, yeah. Early. But right. no one's saying that those games are any good even when they're completed. But, I mean, Very three quarters... Early Access has been around for a while. Yes. And and to have a, that many games... The real question is how many of those games will never be completed? Right. It's... I think I think most. most. Probably. I, it's, it's, it's stupid. Because, you know, everybody's coming... Hey, my name is Shane. Today we're going <laughs> to be doing Coffee Cup Simulator. <laughs> now, the first beta is pretty basic. You can just rotate the coffee cup. But in version 2.0, we're going to put liquid in it. And that's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> that's going to change the game. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's so many games like that. And they're so stupid. There yeah. Was, there was is a, a Ghost there's Simulator a, MMO now or something like that? Concepts a, are a, not games. Is, I guess yeah, what we're saying. Early access is a bane. It's a disgusting thing, and I hate it. And I'm going to do a video on it and talk about how bad it is. Because there's this company that did this, and I like this company. I do. They created a game called uh, Planetary Annihilation, and they were selling the early access game for, like, I think it was 200 or $100 just for a regular $20 copy of the game. And they were selling it for so much in advance because they're like, well, when you get in this early, you get to play the game before anyone else. Bullshit. That's not funny. Not funny. You should. These people are giving you money in advance for a game that isn't finished yet, and you're preming, like you're charging them a premium. Go jump off a ledge. <laughs> and I don't know anyone that talks about the game now because no one wants to play that game. And it looks amazing. It looks fantastic. It looks like everything in RTS could be modern, and they and no one's talking about it because they completely caviared themselves. Nobody wants to play a premium for fish eggs, and that's what they pretty much did. I hate them. 
I, right. I'm getting spam with messages about how many people want Coffee Cup Simulator now. So apparently <laughs> you're going to have to go get that an early access. Got early access quick. Yeah. Oh my well, God. couldn't you argue the same kind of problems with games Kickstarter or on Kickstarter? Potentially? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the same problem with Kickstarter. Uh, I did a video on that one. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a thing where, uh, oh God. I mean, you could. That's its own episode, and we've talked about Kickstarter. It was a while ago. It might be time to refresh, but we did an episode. Or, or uh, Kickstarter has just uh, so many issues. Not Kickstarter. The people who make things on Kickstarter because some of them actually build what they say they're going to build. Some of them do it with caveats like Double Fine where they're like hey we're going to raise money and make this game okay here's part one of the game now we need more money for part two and it's like wait what? Um, and some of them just fall off the ledge or, or, or never even come out or, or just are in perpetual limbo you know it's you have to <clears throat> I don't know I personally I don't think I've ever kickstarted a game uh, I've never I bought anything off several. of yeah. Uh, I, I think I bought one game off of early access. I think as long as you know that you have as much chance of seeing that game, maybe not as much, but you know, as long as you feel comfortable, it's like the gambling, uh, the how you should approach gambling, right? As long as you're comfortable spending money on that game, as you would be tossing up that twenty dollar bill and throwing it into a, pot, a fire, a, tra a dumpster fire, then fine, go for it. Yeah, I, 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 I have. I think that the rarity of success that comes from these kinds of initiatives is what's important to remember. And I think the, the general thought around the industry right now is that you want to be that one guy that, that gets lucky and catches lightning in a bottle and, and hits the thing that everybody has to have, even if they only have to have it for three weeks. You know, Flappy Bird syndrome, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. Uh, so Kickstarter, I've uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I kicked uh, kickstarted six things. You, you kicked three things or six. I, things. I, I might as well have. <laughs> so Double Fine Adventure, hundred dollars. Oh wow, hundred dollars down on because I'm a huge Tim Schafer fan. Um, well, plus that was really that was the first big Kickstarter game. It was. It was before. Like I I was I was one of those early people. I was just like, oh my god, Tim Schafer's gonna make a. Oh, he's gonna do. Uh, Day of the Tentacle 3, I have to, that doesn't even exist, there's not even a sequel, but what I'm just saying, like, I would have just been like, oh my god, it's amazing. Estimated delivery on that is August 2012 for everything I was supposed to get. I still haven't gotten everything. Uh. Um, Wasteland 2, I I got, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to get one digital copy and one large box copy of the game, and I got a digital copy. The large box copy can be sent to me now, but I have to pay more money because I'm in Canada, and thank you. Uh, <laughs> the next one, was Takedown, which was supposed to be like uh, um, a Rainbow Six style game. And the game came out in parts and pieces. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. It's not really a full experience. And it's it was a grand vision for something they couldn't complete. Republic was another game I got. And they actually said, you're going to get an iOS copy and a desktop edition. And then they're like, oh, oh. Man, you gotta pay Apple for that iOS stuff. So then they actually gave me half my money back, and I still haven't got a desktop version. So, <laughs> uh, the next one, GCW Zero, which is like a portable handheld thing, that was one hundred fifty-five dollars to kickstart that. Now that came to me. The problem is the features on it. I, I I bought that because I wanted to review it, and the features are still not completed on it, even though it, it's been like a year out, almost two years now. 
And then the latest one is Armacrog because I'm a big fan of um, Neverhood. And oh, yeah. that one it missed its mark as well, too. But whatever. So you're I don't want to kickstart anymore. You're a little bitter on the process. But when Coffee Cup Simulator comes out, I'm, I'm telling you guys, hey, look, I'll kickstart this tomorrow. It will be the it will be the greatest thing. I will I will get uh, I'll, everyone from Kotaku will talk about it. They'll be like, it's such a simple idea, but it works. I will promise it works. I will promise it work on every device too. Yep. <laughs> and and you get a free coffee cup when you buy Coffee Cup Simulator, so you can actually just simulate the coffee cup in front of you. I mean, hey, limited to a thousand. Yeah. Asterisk know, may that's a premium may, may be replaced with the styrofoam coffee cup. Correct. If wind supplies do not work, you know, last anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we we certainly uh, <laughs> well past our time goal this yes. evening, gentlemen. Um, not that that's anything that's exceedingly rare. But not it's, that there's it's, anything wrong with that. No, we, we certainly, uh, I, I think, kept the conversation moving here. We love to blather on. We, we do like to blather on. Uh, we should probably talk, uh, give people a, one other additional reminder about the marathon. That is correct. It's uh, coming up very quick, very, very soon. So people, it should be on people's radars. Yes. Uh, go to clanofthegraywolf.com to find more information. We will be having the 60-hour, 16-bit athon for St. Jude's uh, as a charity, uh, December 12th through 14th, 60 hours. Please come uh, donate. Uh, Razoo, which is the platform we use for donation handling, now accepts PayPal, which is exciting because every single year there are a bunch of people that are like, hey, I have PayPal. Can I put, can I spend it? Like, no, sorry. But no, now they accept PayPal in addition to credit cards. Um, we have uh, lots of prizes to give away. I might remind you if you donate at least 50, you get a very special Plan of the Grey Wolf bookmark. It works in hardcover and paperback. Wow. But not, pretty... not Canadian books. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, it happens. <laughs> you need an adapter. Uh, <clears throat> also, um, if you have any uh, uh, digital game, digital download games that you would like to donate for us to give away for raffles during the marathon, please email us at cotgw.marathon at gmail.com. Um, if, and we would appreciate anything you guys can can do for that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Shane, please plug us plug us your stuff. Where, uh, where, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube if you type in Rerez R E R E Z. Um, and if you can't do that, YouTube.com slash user slash R E R E Z TV. <laughs> Um, or just go to rerez.net or, or it YouTube, goes straight to my YouTube channel. Or YouTube slash Wiener. Yes. Yes. Don't do that. Once again, you, you, I don't know what you're going to see. Uh, <laughs> probably like really erotic ads for Oscar Mayer. So maybe just avoid that. And you are also Rerez TV on Twitter or at Rerez TV, correct? Or is it yes, at... There you go. Yeah. What's YouTube? Again? <laughs> it's, um, it's, uh, it's HBO. for. Oh, for, for, I've, I've got that. I've got that. Dorks. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, so uh, so cool. So I have a couple people asking me about about steam codes for the marathon like we did last year. Rue just answered that question. See the tgw dot marathon at gmail dot com. Send it over that way. Yes, we would love and greatly appreciate your your efforts to help us give prizes to folks that make donations. That's uh, that's kind of how we keep people coming back. So we appreciate it. Um, good conversation tonight, gentlemen. Thank yes. you both for your time. Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, great I conversation. Had, 
thanks for having me here. It was great. I, I love this. I, I like hearing your sultry voices. Ooh. Oh. Oh, well, <laughs> well, in that case, we might have to have you back. <laughs> um, come back. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're in double There's entendre no mode. In that means it's probably time to go. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for watching. And uh, by the way, you can find Rue at Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W on Twitter. You can find me at It's the Commodore. Follow us, like us, tell us what you think. By the way, we are a real life podcast now. Yes, uh, iTunes, find us. Stitcher, Android. Uh, please leave a, a, a rating on iTunes if you would like. Uh, we appreciate those, and it helps others find us. We and we love you for it. Love it long time. We we, we rev you wrong time. Asian stereotypes out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks we everybody just lost for the Asian market. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. There goes our friend in the Philippines. Yeah. Whoops. Boo. Thank you all for watching. We appreciate all the viewership and the fun. We'll be back, uh, what, two weeks, Rue? Three weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, we, will, this day. will be the last last, uh, last episode before the marathon. That will be right. Wednesday, December 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern. And undoubtedly, we'll talk about something just as interesting and fun. Maybe even more so. Who knows? Who knows? Well, now I'm making certainly. Shane feel bad. You'll be doing reviews of Coffee Cup Simulator. It'll be coming <laughs> out. Cup oh, my Simulator. God. Back it on Kickstarter. Not really. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, for Rue, I am the Commodore from the Clan of the Great Wolf, and we'll end this thing right now. There is no reset button. folks the only thing you wanted for this 50th uh, uh, echo screen live is the damn cat here he is take him take the cat love him love the cooper that's all you get no more cat for like 10 more episodes i promise you Thank you.